Jesus prophesied, we shall hear of wars and rumors of wars in the end time. The destruction of Damascus, World War III, the Battle of Armageddon, Ezekiel 38 and 39, Revelation 9, the Sixth Trumpet War, or World War III, and Revelation 16. All of these events are foretold to occur in the very near future. Sources claim Iran is waging a multi-front war of attrition against Israel right now. Well, we'll analyze these different events on today's edition of The End Time Show. The destruction of Damascus, World War III, the Battle of Armageddon, Ezekiel 38 and 39, Revelation 9, the Sixth Trumpet War, or World War III, placement of totalitarian um, social credit blueprint, and the replacement of the American-led liberal international order with one that is illiberal and whose rules are made in Beijing. Not wanting to align up with the United Nations, even though... They're a member of the U.N. Security Council. And then for Mr. Ayatollah Khomeini, Iran, so there's the Russia-China-Iran axis, the restoration of a powerful new Islamic empire. This is forming in our world as we speak. And it's building up to something. Um, It's not going to continue on like this forever. The Bible prophesies that there are many wars. Jesus said you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars all the way throughout the end time. But the Bible prophesies about very specific wars. In other words, there's a difference in the prophesied wars and other skirmishes and conflicts that are happening. The um, Israel is getting bombed. Uh, I should say Tel Aviv and some of the other portions of Israel are getting bombed by Gaza over the last evening and, and today. Well, sources claim... Iran is waging a multi-front war of attrition against Israel right now. Those are wars, certainly. If somebody's throwing bombs at you, you're at war. However, those are not World War III or the Battle of Armageddon or the destruction of Damascus and some of these other things that are prophesied. So, this article states, We believe today's allies have no more important mission than to stand up to today's axis and prevent it from achieving its goals. Whether allied leaders and those who vote them into office will see that as their priority is difficult to predict. One encouraging note is that all three axis regimes are enduring difficulties, none more serious than Iran. Now, why did I want to bring all this up today? Well, the Bible prophesies about a time when Damascus will be destroyed, wiped off. It's going to be leveled, annihilated, the city of Damascus in Syria. I've been to the city of Damascus in in Syria and thought, I I, I don't know how all this stuff's going to happen, when it will happen, uh, what's really going. But I know the prophecies say it will happen. And we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. 
when the Bible really tells us when that will happen. But there are a lot of people today, I was watching something today when they said, hey, we're, the, the, the city of Damascus could be destroyed at any time. The current conflict that's going on with uh, Iran setting up their different proxies and surrounding Israel, the Damascus could be destroyed at any time. Is that really true? Or we could be in World War III right now. It just hasn't escalated to the point where there's going to be mass casualties. There is a World War III coming. We know that, 100%. It's in the prophecies of the Bible. It's going to happen. But a lot of people equate that with Ezekiel 38 and 39. Or that World War III and the Battle of Armageddon are the exact same thing. And they, they, they try to tie all these things in together. But that's simply not the case, folks. And I wanted to make sure. I, honestly... I don't really like doing programs like this because when we talk about world war, you're talking about uh, horrific situations here. And really any war is horrific. But we've got to talk about these things because they're prophetic. And really, in all likelihood, I can't prove, this is opinion, I can't prove this scripturally, which one happens first. The Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement or World War III. But in all likelihood, it looks like World War III will happen. That will be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. The international body will look at Israel and the Palestinians and say, you guys are going to sign a peace agreement whether you want to or not. That starts the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon. In all likelihood, again, this is my opinion, but in all likelihood, it looks like World War III will be the next one. I could be wrong and it could be the peace agreement. But it looks like World War III is going to be next. It's horrific. I, 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 but we've got to talk about it. JNS, the uh, Jewish News Syndicate, reported uh, a while back that World War III has already begun. Many people believe that. This is from Ken Abramowitz. And it goes on to say, World War III, the conflict we now uh, find ourselves in, moving on, the uh, unfortunately find ourselves in, is far more complex and confusing than World War II. A good example is America's uh, principal enemy, Iran, supported by Russia. Listen at this very closely. Many people that are in the know understand Iran is supported by Russia. Iran is supported by China. Now, you say, what's the goal and the ambitions of Russia and China? Well, Iran is the number one state sponsor of terrorism, and they are in complete alliance with uh, China and Russia. So China and Russia are not necessarily up to good, right? And then, of course, the European Union. Now, I've had people balk at that. Oh, the European Union doesn't support Iran. They absolutely do. Back when uh, Donald Trump placed Iran under sanctions, the European Union actually set up a way where they could go around those union, that uh, sanctions and still trade with Iran. Now, I'll talk about it here after the break. But Russia and the European Union will be in complete alliance with Iran at the end time, at the time of the Battle of Armageddon and when the Lord comes back. They're going to be in complete alliance with each other. The Bible tells us this specifically, and we'll talk about it on the backside of this break. We'll get into much more about world wars. When does all this happen? When does Damascus get annihilated? We'll talk about all of that in a, in a bit. Understand what is taking place. Many, 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 many. 
except a man is born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com slash future or call 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. You know, everybody, when we talk about this World War III scenario, many people believe that we could already be at war with Iran. It really, I mean, a lot of people believe that it declared war on America 40 years ago and continuously preaches genocide against the United States, um, death to America, it says, and Israel, death to Israel. You might be saying, well, not Europe and and not Europe and Iran, surely. Well, yes, Europe does support Iran. Now, I've seen lately where they said, well, because of Iran uh, shipping these drones to Russia, that they're going to start sanctioning them. However, Europe still is a very major trading partner with Iran. 
And a lot of that money that they use in that trade, the money they're making off of that, is helping to supply some of their terrorist proxies around the world. Okay? They should be hammered economically. They should be sanctioned to where they can't even move. And I know that's horrible because the people feel that as well. It's not just the governments. But the thing is, is that Iran, their, their nuclear aspirations, they should never be allowed to function normally with those nuclear aspirations. And so it's quite the conundrum there because they have innocent people living there, but yet the Ayatollahs and the, the Mullahs have been, uh, it's just a horrible situation. So the Jewish News Organization, Jewish News Syndicate, they stated that while the mullahs have been busy supporting Russia against Ukraine, the European Union has also been busy busy increasing its trade with Iran. Now think about that. They know that Iran is helping to support Russia's efforts against Ukraine. So European, the Europeans appear to be in alliance with Iran, but yet with Ukraine, but then they're also continuing trade with Iran, who is helping to send bullets and missiles and different things to Russia to fight Ukraine. Uh, If you follow this stuff, it's like a big cobweb of just, it's craziness. What is really going on here? That's according, and um, according to the latest report by the Financial Tribune, Iran and the European Union's 27 member states traded 5.86 5.86 billion worth of goods back in 2022 and that was 7.95% increase compared to 2021. So yes, Europe is supporting Iran. Well, prophecies foretell Iran and Europe will be incomplete alliance in the end time. If you look at it, Ezekiel chapter 38 when it talks about the nations that will come down against Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. Ezekiel 38, it said um, Persia there is Iran, is modern day Iran, coming to fight against Israel and the Lord at the Battle of Armageddon. If you look back at Revelation chapter 17, verses 12 through 14, the Bible says, And then um, the ten horns, which thou sawest, are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as of yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. Now, this is not a, a 60 minutes, a literal one hour. It's talking about just a very short period of time, right there at the very end, where these nations will fully yield their sovereignty to this world-governing beast. And the Bible says, These have one mind and shall give their power and strength to the beast. These shall make war with the lamb, and the lamb shall overcome them. Now, what are we talking about here? We're talking about the Battle of Armageddon. Ezekiel 38 and 39, this is very important. Ezekiel 38 and 39, the Battle of Armageddon is the same exact war. But that's not Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21, which is the Sixth Trumpet War, World War III. They are two separate wars. I heard somebody just today that said Israel is getting surrounded and that Ezekiel 38... Um, he said, Israel, Ezekiel 38 is already kicked off, and we're already into it. And I thought, oh man, come on, uh, you know, you got to get your prophecy right here. Because Ezekiel 38 and 39 is the, is the Battle of Armageddon. That's not World War III. 
Other prophecies tell us that these ten horns referenced in Revelation 17, these ten horns or ten kings are part of the reborn Holy Roman Empire or the current European Union. So the European Union and Persia or modern day Iran will be in alliance with each other coming down against Israel to battle at the Battle of Armageddon. So you can see here that when these articles come out that Europe is still supporting Iran, everything is coming together just like as the Bible says it will. You say, well, that that actually looks impossible that Iran and Europe would be together. uh, Iran is an ally of Russia and Ukraine is an ally of Europe. I understand, but these governments are not necessarily all on the up and up, right? And you've got to make sure you understand the inside workings of these things because just when you think somebody's in alliance with somebody, they're really doing backhanded deals because they're trying to keep their nation running and they, you know, uh, they've got their own aspirations and dreams and goals. And at, in the end, Russia, Iran... And Europe are all in alliance with each other. Now, right now, that looks impossible, doesn't it? But in the end, Russia, Europe, Turkey, uh, which is Togarma and Ezekiel 38, um, all of these nations are in alliance with each other, and they all come down to battle against Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. Now, to continue on with this World War III scenario from the Jewish News Syndicate, when we're talking about Iran... They say as the aggressor nation here in the Middle East. I mean, think about it. They are the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet. So as the aggressor, Iran relatively successfully uses all six forms of modern day warfare. Physical, cultural, economic, legal, demographic, and cyber warfare. And it's created three worldwide terror arms specializing in physical terrorism um, narco-terrorism and cultural terrorism with an estimated close to half a million terrorist operatives in over 30 countries. You know, it makes me wonder, we're looking at here in America with Title 42 uh, getting ready to go away. If that goes away, I read just last evening that there could be 10,000 people a day coming swarming across our southern border. 10,000 people a day, folks. Now, I saw a big line of people the other day that had come across, and I would think if it was just an immigration, normal immigration, that there would be men and women from 100 years old all the way down to babies coming across, right? And But when I saw this big line of people, I mean, I saw a line of people probably two miles long. They had a drone, and they went right down this line. And it looked like to me it was almost all, I'm going to say 95% plus, was all young men from about probably, I don't know, 15 to maybe 30 years old. And I mean, it was thousands of gentlemen. And so when I look at this, you got to ask yourself, the people are not coming in legally. You say, well, you're against that immigration. No, I'm not. Absolutely not. But when people are coming across and they're not even being vetted, and I see that Iran has terrorist proxies in, all, in over 30 countries, 
Half a million of them. Those are the ones that we know about. You got to wonder who's going to come across if Title 42 goes out. And it's something we got to ask ourselves. So I'm not saying everybody coming across is bad, but if they're coming across illegally, that not, that's not necessarily the best scenario, right? When uh, Donald Trump, I remember a speech that he gave when he was down on the border. Uh, Ted Cruz was there. A lot of guys were there. He was giving a speech, and he said that the Border Patrol told him that over the last year, now this would have been uh, 20, I don't know, 2017, 2018, that over the last year they had um, apprehended people from 77 different countries coming across our southern border down here in the United States. So if you were Iran and you wanted to get terrorist proxies into the United States, what would you do? Would you try to get them to come in on American Airlines or El Al, which is Israel's airlines? Absolutely not. You'd just fly them over into Mexico and let them walk across, right? Do you think that's not happening? Why are people alarmed when some of these things are talked about? Now, again, I'm not saying everybody coming across is bad. But I'm saying, when I, I'm looking at Iran. And Iran, they would love to have lots of terrorist proxies set up right here in the United States. Because one of their goals is to destroy the United States of America. They call us Big Satan. And imagine if we wanted to destroy Iran and, we, and she had no borders that she protected. We could just walk in. Okay? Well, that's really what our southern border is. Iran's goal really is to take over the world and convert everyone to Islam, uh, particularly its Shiite version. And it uses all their forms of warfare to do that. America's goal, in contrast, is to, uh, to live in peace and prosperity. And we, we, really, we are supposed to be encouraging all democracies. Uh, at which, you know, about 50% of the world's global population on the surface and dictatorships, the other 50%, to join in worldwide economic growth. However, that's not Iran's goal. And so they see the United States and Israel as standing in the way of that. So they've got these terrorist proxies. They basically have surrounded Israel. I'll talk about the ring of fire if I get time here in just a moment. And not the ring of fire that you might be thinking of, but the ring of fire, the ring around, the ring of Iran and their terrorist proxies around Israel. They've got her surrounded. They would love to annihilate every Jew on the planet and Israel. They want to drive her off into the sea. They hate Israel. And they would love to come after us as well. So a lot of people think because of this and their aspirations and goals and dreams, that Iran believes the United States and Israel are standing in the way of them achieving their goal. So they've got to get rid of us, right? So now you can see why some people believe that we have been in, a, in World War III for the last 30, 40 years, but it just not, has not escalated to the point where we would go into a World War III situation. Some people believe that that could kick off at any time. Because Netanyahu recognizes that Iran is the number one state sponsor of terrorism on the planet. He's been harping for years about, at the United Nations about their aspirations, aspirations, nuclear aspirations. 
And so he recognizes that something has to be done with Iran. He's on it all the time. And he's very, he's right. Iran wants to destroy Israel. And so he's working to try to protect Israel. There are people in the world that do not like that. And so you can see some of the unrest in Israel right now where the liberal left is, is just hammering Netanyahu and the liberal international community to try to keep him from making try to keep him from making Israel great again. And because it was kind of being weakened under the previous government, but with Netanyahu in there, it's kind of, you know what you're going to get. You mess with Israel, we're going to bomb you into smithereens. The the liberal international community does not want to see that happen, nor does Iran. So they hate Netanyahu. Well, the Jerusalem Post reported that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said yesterday that Israel is ready to fight Iran on multiple fronts if it needs to, and that was following the launch of Operation Shield Arrow, and which is their Gaza bombing, uh, shooting bombs up into Tel Aviv. Now, is uh, everyone going to Israel with us next week? Just relax, because I've been in. I've flown. Uh, Irvin Baxter and I flown into Israel before when they were doing the same thing, and the rockets weren't even coming close to Tel Aviv. Most of the rockets that were fired from Gaza were falling on Gaza. They weren't coming anywhere near up towards Tel Aviv. But the, the news media likes to make it out like, wow, man, they're just, they're reaching Ben Gurion Airport. They weren't coming anywhere near there. So everybody just relax a little bit. Uh, but the thing is, they're still shooting rockets at Tel Aviv. And um, so it's something to be concerned about, even though I don't think any of them are going to reach Tel Aviv, um, especially Ben Gurion Airport, which is where we'll fly into on next Wednesday. Now, in separate comments, Benjamin Netanyahu said that 95% of Israel's security problems come from Iran. They're surrounded by Iran. Israel is. And he was referring to an attempt by Iran to start a multi-front campaign against Israel and that Israel will do anything it can to prevent Iran from establishing terror fronts around us. So, the, the Jewish News Syndicate is reporting the ring of fire around Israel is tightening and Israel must prepare for a counter-strategy against a multi-arena threat. Now, imagine if you were Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel. You'd been in office for years and years and years and years. You understand war. You were in the military. You understand what it's going to take to protect your country, Israel. You knew it was surrounded by the enemy. And you knew that the head of the snake had nuclear aspirations. What would you do to protect your country? You'd go all out, wouldn't you? We'll talk about it on the backside of the break. But these recent attacks, Israel, Netanyahu is saying, hey, we're prepared for all... Um, conflicts that come our way. But the head of the snake is Iran. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. 
These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. So Israel news sources are talking about this. They call the Iran surrounding Israel this ring of fire. They, um, it actually states that the recent attacks are the latest indication of the accelerated convergence between the Palestinian terror axis and the Iran-Hezbollah axis, and it's creating this multi-arena threat Israel now faces with, with ever-growing intensity. They're not going to stop. Imagine the United States and Russia had terrorist proxies in Canada and Mexico and down in Cuba and up by Alaska just across the Bering Straits. And they were constantly attacking daily, daily, daily. What would you do if you were the United States? Now, I mean, not necessarily under the Biden administration, but let's say under a Trump administration. Trump wouldn't take it, would he? Well, now put yourself in the position of Prime Minister Netanyahu. He's not going to take it. When they lob a rocket in, when um, Hezbollah or somebody lobs a rocket from Syria over into Israel, man, they go right in and they bomb them. Well, there's going to come a point in the future. The Bible says there's going to be a World War III scenario kickoff, and it's going to come from the Euphrates River region. Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. And the only reason I really talk about this that much is because these wars are, are prophesied in Scripture. A World War III scenario. There's going to be kind of like a great reset in the world. Right now, you've got the economies, and they're all, you know, the economy of the United States is being weakened, and uh, China and Russia, and it, China at least, is, looks like they're being strengthened, And the United States is being weakened. And there are people in the United States that they're not going to let that happen. Um, And so it appears. What, What will be the final match that gets thrown into this tinderbox that starts World War III on fire? I do not have the answer to that. I watch the Middle East region very closely, and I know the Iran aspirations for a nuclear weapon and 
them wanting to destroy Israel and the United States, that is never going to go away. That's a religious thing with them. It's not geopolitical like Russia and Ukraine. It's not geopolitical like China and Taiwan. With Iran, it's religious. That's not going to go away. So I watch that like a hawk because I'm telling you, that could kick off tomorrow morning. There's nothing else prophetically that has to happen before that war can kick off. You understand, the, when I, let, me, let, me, um, let me explain that statement I just made. From Ezekiel, Zechariah, Daniel, all the prophecy writers in the Old Testament, all the way to John, uh, Revelation chapter 22, there's this great timeline of events to follow. Big old huge timeline. All, I'm, it, whenever we get to the point where I can, it's well lit enough, I can walk up and down this big screen behind me, I'm going to walk you through that big timeline of events um, on the air. I don't know if I've ever done the entire timeline of events before. I've done the final seven years, but not the entire one. It'd be pretty cool to do that, wouldn't it? We'll try to do that in the near future. However, this big old timeline of events that God gave us to follow, all of the prophecies concerning the second coming of Jesus Christ have either already occurred, they're occurring right now, or we're watching precursors to every single one that will lead us right up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. The next two events to occur is this World War III scenario, Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21, and the a, a, an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement, Daniel 9, 27, and... So, and then the the agreement's mentioned in other places. Mentioned in uh, Daniel chapter 11. So, I want to qualify that scenario. When I say there's nothing left on God's prophetic timeline, the peace agreement could happen first. But I know of nobody, nor can I, prove that scripturally. Nobody knows which one will happen first. But the next two to occur... Is this World War III and that peace agreement? In my opinion, again, I'm totally speculating, but this is an educated guess. I would, I, it's highly likely, let's say, that the World War III would happen first, and then we would, the, more, the, the peace agreement will be signed by Israel and will start the final seven years. That's the way it looks like it's going to happen. Now, again, <coughs> I could be wrong. The peace agreement could get signed first. Then the war kicks off. <coughs> but it's highly unlikely that that's the case. Please excuse me because I'm still dealing with um, allergies here. However, if the war kicks off, then that's the World War III. We're talking about Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21. So the common denominator here in all this Iranian Axis stuff, the common denominator that unites the Iranian-led Axis is the goal of combating Israel. They got all these terrorist proxies everywhere, but really they're against Israel and the United States. In addition to Gaza in the south, Lebanon in the north, Israel's enemies are striving to create a front in Syria, where Hamas could soon be sending operatives after reconciling with the Assad regime. They're working hand in hand with terrorists, everybody. You understand what's going on here. They're not very neighborly people. They want to kill Israelis. And where Hezbollah is working with the Iran-backed Shiite militias to set up these offensive positions all the way around Israel. 
uh, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Yemen, uh, in, down in Gaza, and even in the Palestinian factions right there in the West Bank. Hamas has become a significant partner in the Iranian quest to surround Israel with this quote-unquote ring of fire. The establishment of a coordinated headquarters in Lebanon with Hezbollah and Palestinian terror factions in 2021 was a milestone in that development. Iran pours funds and weapons into its regional proxies and their partners, giving them the capability to realize their objectives, and that's to make war with Israel. In addition, Iran and its Lebanese and Palestinian proxies have entered a mutually supportive deterrence framework with Hamas operating from Lebanon up in the north under the umbrella of Hezbollah's arsenal of 160,000 projectiles. Now, they're not aimed at Turkey or Greece across the Med. No, no. What do you think think those 160,000 projectiles are for? They're for Israel. Imagine if that was happening to us in Canada. I would hope we wouldn't stand for that. So these Iranian-backed militias in Iraq and Yemen, they're also preparing to enter this multi-arena strategy against Israel through missile and drone attacks. Well, ultimately, Israel has got to prepare to operate in this multiple arenas just as its dangerous enemies do. Well, that's exactly what Netanyahu says they are doing. He says we are prepared to function in multiple. In other words, if we're attacked from Lebanon in the north, but then we're attacked from Yemen in the south, and maybe uh, some of our terrorist proxies from um, Iraq, and then some of them from up in Syria. He said we're prepared to fend off all of that. And you know, that's happened to Israel before when she fought her war of independence way back in uh, 47, 48, 49. Israel was just a fledgling nation, but she fended off five nations that attacked her at the same time and won the war. And so, why, why do you think that happened? How did that fledgling nation, which had hardly any guns, hardly any bullets, uh, how did she do that? Well, there's a God. And I believe God had His hands upon her. God said, I will, in Ezekiel 37, I'll draw you back from the nations that you were scattered in, and I'm going to bring you back together as a nation. So God had His hands upon them. And God's never going to allow Israel to be destroyed. Now, portions of Israel will be defeated uh, at the Battle of Armageddon. The Bible is very specific about that. However, there will be a faction of Israelis that are here all the way to the end. And they, the Bible says in the end, when the fullness of the Gentiles become in, all of Israel will be saved. So, got a big job ahead of us, don't we? Now... Jesus prophesied that we shall hear of wars and rumors of wars in the end time, right? There's one thing that people talk about. I heard somebody talk about this today, and I thought, man, I've got to talk about this on radio because you may never have heard us talk about it before. Maybe you did way back. But the the coming destruction of Damascus. A lot of people want to know about that. Anytime something little kicks off, well, there was a time here a while back when Israel went up and bombed some of the airport, the runways around Damascus. And a lot of people in the news were saying, hey, the Bible says Damascus is going to be destroyed in the near future. 
This could possibly be it. Well, let's talk about that, this coming destruction of Damascus. The Bible says in Isaiah 17, verse 1, The burden of Damascus. Behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city, and it shall be a ruinous heap. What in the world is that talking about? Well, Isaiah 17 clearly prophesies the destruction of Damascus. That's um, Damascus is up in Syria. And I've been there. The, the Apostle Paul was sent to a street called Straight. Remember in his conversion? Well, I've been to the street called Straight in Damascus. Probably wouldn't go there today. But um, I've been there. Pretty awesome place to think about what happened there. The guy who wrote most of the books in the New Testament, part of his conversion happened on the street called Straight in Damascus. But there have been recent events. Again, I talked to you about the bombing of the airport and thing up there that have caused many to consider if we could be on the brink of the, this prophecy, the destruction of Damascus, could we be on the brink of that fulfillment right now? When will it happen? A lot of people want to know that because um, it is prophesied in Scripture and obviously it hasn't happened yet. It's an end-time prophecy because the city of Damascus is still standing. So there are two major wars prophesied for the area of Syria in the not-too-distant future. One is the Sixth Trumpet War prophesied. Again, what I say, uh, Revelation 9, 13-21. This war will result in the killing of one-third of mankind, over uh, 2.5, 2.7 billion people. And it's going to take place before the time called the Great Tribulation. Well, if you go to Isaiah 17, verse 14, it specifically states... That this, um, I'm sorry, talking about uh, Revelation um, 9, third, third World, World War III. <clears throat> Revelation 9, verse 14, specifically states that this, is, this unprecedented war is going to emanate from the Euphrates River. And since the Euphrates River only passes through Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran, it is almost certain that Syria will be involved in the Sixth Trumpet War in one way or another. However, we have no biblical proof that the prophesied destruction of Damascus will occur during this World War III scenario. And so I wanted to bring it up today because a lot of people want to know when will that happen. And so I know I'm coming up to a break here. I don't want to cut it off. But when we get back from the break, I'll see if I can prove scripturally when the city of Damascus will be destroyed. And I've been on the road from Damascus up to the Euphrates River, the highway that the world governing armies will use to invade Israel to come down to the Battle of Armageddon. We'll talk about some of that stuff on the other side of the break. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. 
If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. So that's World War III, the sixth trumpet, Revelation 9, verse 13 through 21. The other major war that will involve Syria is the prophesied Battle of Armageddon. That war is going to take place at the end. The, the World War III takes place before the Great Tribulation. The Battle of Armageddon takes place at the end of the Great Tribulation. The Scriptures actually teach that the world government armies will invade northern Israel at the Battle of Armageddon, and they will invade by way of Damascus. And so with this being true, it becomes very likely that this war will be the fulfillment of the destruction of Damascus, the Battle of Armageddon. One of the prophecies foretelling the Battle of Armageddon is found in Revelation 16, verses 12 through 16. The Bible says, And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. The water thereof was dried up. Now, I'm not going to take time to talk about the Ataturk Dam, but it's highly likely that that will be dried up, and that's where they'll come down. And so the Euphrates River is going to be dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, Satan, out of the mouth of the beast, the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of his religious partner, the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth into the the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Then here's a key scripture. Think about this. The Bible says, at this point, the sixth vial is already poured out. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Man, who put that scripture in there? I think God did. Oh, moving on. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue, Armageddon. So the prophecy states that the Euphrates River will be dried up to facilitate the invasion of Israel by the kings of the east as they make their way toward Jerusalem for the Battle of Armageddon. Now, we know from Ezekiel 38 that Russia will be the leading force in the world government army that launches the world's final battle. Gog and Magog. Most of you already know that if you listen to us for any time at all. Most likely, Russia will come down against Israel between the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea. I don't have a map behind me, but you'll have to look it up. The Black Sea and the Caspian Sea. And then come across the Euphrates River. And then proceed through Syria towards Israel. Now... There is one and only one major highway that leads from the Euphrates to the plain of Megiddo where the Battle of Armageddon will be fought. And that highway passes straight through Damascus. So it's obvious that Syria will be cooperating with the international forces as they make their way toward Israel. Now, there are other scriptures that imply the destruction of Damascus at the Armageddon, uh, at the Battle of Armageddon. The place where Damascus sits is within the borders of the Promised Land. 
given to Abraham by God back in Genesis 15, 18. And then it's described throughout the Bible. So those borders extend all the way to the up to the Euphrates River. The only time Israel has possessed the entire promised land was during the um, era of King David and King Solomon. The area of Damascus was part of the nation of Israel during that time. We know that the present location of Damascus will be part of Israel during the 1,000-year reign of Jesus Christ on the earth because God will restore all of the promised land to Israel at that time. The prophet uh, Zechariah spoke about the Battle of Armageddon as much as any other really biblical writer. He's got three chapters devoted to it. Uh, Zechariah chapter 12, 13, and 14 are all devoted to the the Battle of Armageddon. Well, in... um, Zechariah records God's words in Zechariah 14 too. The Bible says, For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. Well, if you look at Isaiah 17, 13, it appears to speak of the same invasion of Israel. The Bible says, The nations shall rush like the water, um, like the rushing of many waters, but God shall rebuke them. So Ezekiel also recorded the the rebuking of the nations by God at Armageddon. Um, He said, So so will I make my holy name known, the the midst of my people, and I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore, and the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. That's Ezekiel 39, 7, which is the battle of Armageddon as well. Again, Ezekiel 38 and 39, that's the battle of Armageddon. The prophecy said that Damascus will no longer be a city. It would become a ruinous heap. Well, could Israel become so desperate that she would use nuclear weapons against Damascus? Zechariah 14, 12 lets us know that nuclear weapons will be used against the enemies of Israel at Armageddon. It says, And this shall be the plague. The Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem, their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet. Their eyes shall consume away in their holes. And their tongues shall consume away in their mouth. That's Zechariah 14, 12. This passage is an incredibly accurate description of the effects of nuclear radiation upon a human being. Go read some of the stories of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. It's almost identical. Their eyes consumed away in their sockets. Their tongue consumed in their mouth. Their, their, their skin just was hung in rivets, the Bible, the Bible. Uh, news articles, history books call these people ghost people. They came walking down trying to find their way with no eyeballs. Horrific. It's, it's painful to think about, I, I, but the possibility is very real that Damascus will be destroyed by a nuclear attack during the Battle of Armageddon. And now, so, let's look at the prophecy one more time. Isaiah 17, 1. Behold, Damascus is taken away from being a city, and it shall be a ruinous heap. For, for this, from this 2,500-year-old prophecy, we know the destruction of Damascus is coming. The timing of this event appears to be at the time of the battle of Armageddon. Now, I'll tell you what happened to us on the road to Damascus. Because you understand Paul's conversion. Um, 
Paul told Agrippa, I was on my way to the, on the road to Damascus when I was struck down uh, by a great light, right? And the Lord said, why persecute, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. And that was on the road to Damascus. He already had papers in his pocket. He was going to go up there and annihilate Christians, right? To get them to deny Jesus. Well, he said, you, you're, you're going to be blinded. You're going to go in and you're going to tarry until I send somebody to meet you. And that's when Ananias went to meet Paul. Well, Ananias goes to a street called Straight to meet Paul. Well, so we went there. My father-in-law wanted to go there years ago. Back when we, the first time I ever flew overseas was back in 1999. We flew into Syria. We went to Palmyra, which was destroyed by ISIS. We went to the Valley of the Kings, uh, and we had some unbelievable experiences in Syria. I wouldn't go there today. However, my father-in-law wanted to go to Damascus, especially wanted us to go to the street called Straight. Well, we did that. But we're on our way out to, I think it was Palmyra. We're on the highway. And we had, uh, we, we had been traveling in a bus. We had a bus full of people. One bus. And we were, I was sitting up front in the bus with my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter. And the guide is sitting right there. And he's talking and telling people about what's going on. But we're out kind of like in a desert region. And I'm not kidding. We had probably gone... I mean, this has been 25 or so years ago, but we have, we have been going at least 30, maybe 45 minutes, if I remember correctly, and we hadn't passed one car. Now, we're on a highway, and we have been going 30, 45 minutes, and hadn't, not, we hadn't passed a car, and no cars were coming back south. We're going north out to, this, uh, to either Palmyra or the Valley of the Kings or something. No cars on the road. And my father-in-law said, man, it's, you know, this is kind of weird. There's no cars on the road. So the guy's talking along, and a lot of people on the bus started saying, man, how far are we from the Euphrates River? We would all love to go see the Euphrates River. So the, he asked the guide, how far are we from the Euphrates River? And the guide said, oh, we're about six hours. And so everybody on the bus was like, nope, I don't want to do that. But... My father-in-law said, are there any more major roads that lead to the Euphrates River from here, from Damascus? And the guide said, nope, you're on the only main road from the Euphrates to Damascus, which if you was to continue on, it would go right down into the plain of Megiddo in the north of Israel. Now think about this, folks. So my father-in-law looked around at the bus and he said, you guys understand what road we're on, right? We're on the road, the main road, that will be used by the armies of the world government to come across a dried up Euphrates River to come down through Syria. It goes right through Syria, all the way down into the plain of Megiddo. We're in the road that will be used to invade Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. Well, we were all like, I had goosebumps. I mean, you can't even imagine. I'm sitting there listening to all this stuff. Now, I didn't even work at End Time. I didn't come to End Time until 2005. I was out building homes and stuff. And so, but I thought, good night, this is the road. I mean, 
you know, maybe if we could blow up the road right now. This is what I thought back then. But I said, maybe if we could blow up the road, Armageddon wouldn't happen. That's not the case. The Bible says Armageddon is going to happen, and it will happen. And folks, until you go overseas and see some of this stuff, I mean, I, we're, we leave for Israel next Tuesday. I wish everybody listening could go with us. But next week, I'll be standing on the Temple Mount. I'll be standing on the Mount of Olives teaching. We'll walk down through the Kidron Valley, the Valley of Jehoshaphat, where the blood's going to flow to the horse bridle. I mean, I'm, I will be there, and I'll be telling everybody about these things that are prophesied in Scripture. So, these things absolutely are going to happen. There is, uh, Damascus is going to be annihilated. There is going to be a World War III. There is going to be a battle of Armageddon. Make sure you get them right. Um, Ezekiel 38 and 39, that's the battle of Armageddon. Revelation 13, uh, Revelation um, 9, verse 13 through 21, that's the sixth trumpet war. Totally different war. Zechariah, uh, Zechariah chapter 12, 13 and 14, that's the battle of Armageddon. Revelation chapter 16, the vials of the wrath of God, those are poured out at the battle of Armageddon. The Bible says after the sixth trumpet, after the sixth vial is, is opened or poured out, Great review of Euphrates is dried up. Behold, I come as a thief. And then the next verse said, And he gathered them together into the Hebrew tongue called Armageddon. So there are different wars. There are little things that will happen. I mean, <clears throat> Jesus said you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. There's the Ukrainian-Russian um, conflict going on. There are many other wars that we've heard of throughout my lifetime. And we'll hear of some more. But there are some specific instances that are happening that let us know we're at where we're at on this timeline and we just want to make sure that you get it right because things are there are precursors being put in place we're watching things that are stirring this world war three situation this uh, you know the iran israel united states russia china um in alliance with europe and all these different things that are setting the stage for these great final wars god bless you